listener. Welcome to today's episode of Across the Bifrost. My name is Ryan Doze. I am your host. And today we are going to explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor with our Throwback Thor's Day series. We are back. We are revamped a little bit. We're ready to go. I can't wait to share these two issues of Journey into Mystery with you today. We're going to look into issue 95 and 96. It's going to be a good time. Again, really, really excited that you're joining us on this episode because we're right in between a two-part interview on our Monday show with Loki, Where Mischief Lies, author Mackenzie Lee. So if you haven't checked out part one, go back, listen to part one so that you're ready for part two when it drops on Monday. Super excited about that. That was a phenomenal conversation that we got to have also Today, as of this recording, the finale of Loki has happened. The Disney Plus show, the six episodes we got have occurred. They have washed over us and blown our minds. The finale of Loki was legitimately an insane thrill ride. Everyone uh, that I've talked to about it has just been in awe of everything that happened, everything we learned, and a little bit of the surprise and shock that we got uh, from some of the announcements related to that show. So we're right in the middle of of, uh, the finale happening and then all the coverage that here on Across the Bifrost we're going to do as we kind of break down the series as a whole. So this next Monday on our Monday episode, we'll have part two of our Mackenzie Lee interview, and we'll also break down the final episode of Loki by itself. Then in two Mondays, put this on your podcasting calendar. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss this episode. In two Mondays, we are going to do a panel discussion of the entire season of Loki. All six episodes, we're bringing back some of your favorite reviewers. We are going to also open up voice messaging for this episode. So, this episode that's coming up, our roundtable panel discussion, we want to get you involved in the show. So, in the show notes of this episode, you can go and click on a link that will say leave a voice message. So if you have thoughts, hot takes, you want to just, you know, rant and rave about Loki, click on that link so you can be a part of that roundtable episode in a few weeks. We would love for you to be a part of that, to join the Across the Bifrost crew and be uh, just excited with us. Look forward to what's going to happen to the Marvel Cinematic Universe after the the fallout of Loki. We want you to be a part of the show. Go to that link, click it, leave us a voicemail, and we will get you on the show That is one way you can be a part of the show. Another way you can do that is by subscribing, like we just said, rating the podcast, reviewing it on iTunes. That really does help a lot. We're going to start sharing reviews on the show. We've got a few reviews stockpiled up. We're going to start sharing those, what people have said about the show. People have been really, uh, really nice and really encouraging so far. So we want to make sure that they are, are, they're blessed with a, with a, uh, shout out on the show. We want to give them credit for the things they've said about the show. And also you can follow us on Instagram at across the Bifrost. That's where you you can interact with us. Our DMs are always open. We always want to talk about Loki. We always want to talk about Thor. We always want to talk about his world. So be sure to follow us there and like our stuff, share our stuff. And one thing, I just want to encourage everybody that listens to the show. 
If you know someone that would like this show, share it with a friend. I know uh, when we were kids, we learned the, the little lesson, right? Sharing is caring. So share this episode with a friend. Care for your friend by sharing the gift of Across the Bifrost. That would be an awesome way to support the show and to make sure that your friends are listening to awesome podcasts about awesome superheroes. So that is all the notes that I have for you. We'll come back at the end of the episode just to remind you of a few things going forward and what we got coming up. But in the meantime, enjoy the return of Throwback Thursday. We're looking at Journey into Mystery 95 and 96. We'll see you in a little bit. Enjoy this episode. Here we go. Journey into Mystery 95. It's entitled The Demon Duplicators. You see the, the cover right there for those of you who are watching on video. It came out in August of 1963. Here were some things that were happening in the world in August of 1963. The Great Train Robbery had just taken place in Buckinghamshire, England. So uh, famous robbery that took place there. Millions of pounds were stolen off of a train. And then uh, I think it was a team of like 15 people were uh, arrested that, uh, that were a part of that whole heist. Then uh, uh, an important moment in uh, the civil rights world, James Meredith becomes the first black person to graduate from the University of Mississippi. So that's a big milestone there in the early 60s. And the biggest thing that was happening in August of 1963 was Martin Luther King had just delivered his I Have a Dream speech. He did it on the steps of Lincoln Memorial. There were about a quarter million people there. This all took place during the March on Washington for jobs and freedom. It was a big milestone in the civil rights movement of the early 60s. And at this point in U.S. history, it was the largest protest in American history. So big things are happening in the world. Also wanted to give you some, just some people that had died this month as people that were being born this month. Just so again, you kind of know where we're at in history. The famous civil rights activist W.E.B. DuBose was, was pronounced dead this month. He was a sociologist and an author, a big a mover and shaker in the civil rights movement. So he had passed away during this month. And four people that were born this month, actor Mark Strong, who is uh, known for many movies like uh, Kingsman. He was in the Shazam movies. He's been in, in so many different things. The frontman for Metallica, James Hetfield, was born this month. So uh, for all you rockers out there, James Hetfield was born in August of 1963. The famous full, full House actor John Stamos was born this month. And the legendary powerhouse singer Whitney Houston was born this month as well. So all those things, context, August of 1963, what's going on then? We jump into our comic, 1995 uh, issue of Journey into Mystery. We don't really have any profound first appearances. It does give us the first appearance of Professor Zaxton, who is the villain for this month. He is a one-shot villain. He, he doesn't show up again, and he kind of just serves as a foil of the month for Thor. Uh, as has been the case, the plot of this comic was done by Stan Lee. It was written by Robert Bernstein, who is 
put in uh, the credits of this issue as uh, Rod Burns. So uh, kind of a uh, alias uh, pseudonym that he used while he was writing for Marvel. And the art is done by Joe Sinnott. So let's jump into the actual issue. So we see on the opening splash page that Thor is up against himself this month. He is up against a duplicate version of himself. We'll find out how we get there in just a moment. So on that first page, we see the the evil version of Thor say, farewell, Thor. Within seconds, I shall destroy you with a double hammer blow. So the evil version of Thor is seen with wielding not just one, but two hammers on this opening page. So the second page of the issue, Odin has summoned Thor back to Asgard to solve a problem for the Asgardian gods. The There's been a drought, so Thor starts a rainstorm and kind of leaves it uh, leaves it, sets it, and forgets it. He heads back to Midgard. Page three, we see Professor Zaxton, the villain of the issue. He is uh, doing a demonstration of a new android that he has created, and with the power of Thor, he's showing off the android's various uh, skills and abilities, so we get to see him uh, rip apart the, the door of a safe, and Thor is thinking at the end of this page, how could, how could he be when I secretly am Blake himself? Zaxton is a friend of Blake's, and he laments that Blake can't be at the, the presentation today. And Thor's like, aha, but little does he know, I am Professor Blake. I am Dr. Blake. Sorry, Professor Zaxton is the professor. Sorry. So on the fourth page, we get to see continue, uh, continued displays of the android's strength, he solves a math problem. He's also indestructible to the hammer, which takes Thor by surprise. On, it, on page five, we get to see why Zaxton wants these androids to really catch on. He thinks he could make them into super soldiers, but something goes wrong with the android and uh, he, Thor is, Thor is forced to go into action when the android is is set to to blow up because of the substances he's made of he he he's unstable and something's going wrong so thor rips apart the the door that had kept him in the in the metal crate earlier on in the issue he rips that apart and then he wraps the android up in it on page 6 and he hurls him into the sky with mjolnir and uh, the android blows up keeping everybody safe so that nobody was injured that was there at the demonstration. And Zaxton is not having it. Thinks that Thor has ruined the android that he was gonna you know, take over the world with. He was gonna change the world with this android and Thor ruined it. Uh, doggone it, Thor, come on, man. Uh, so we see, we see later on, Donald Blake goes back to his office and who is there? On page seven, Dr. Zaxton is in his office and he's showing off a brand new, a brand new uh, weapon invention. It's the duplicator. So he can duplicate any object that the ray is pointed at. So he displays that on a chair, on a typewriter, uh, on, on several things to really show Donald Blake what's going on here. Because Donald Blake was part of ruining his previous display because he wasn't there to help him fix the Android before it exploded. 
So Zaxton tries to blackmail Donald Blake into helping him. And Donald Blake figures out that really the best way to the best way to get rid of this villain is to just help him is to just help him and he fine tunes the duplicator so that nothing nothing will go wrong like last time that, that his invention will explode this time and they actually well i'm just gonna zoom in here they actually show a uh, a bit of uh, donald blake thinking uh while zaxon is admiring his invention i'll slip inside and change to thor and i'll rescue jane zaxon had also sorry i forgot this zaxon had also kept jane hostage so that donald blake would help him big uh big plot point that uh donald blake loves jane and he wants to keep her safe so the best way to do that is to appease Zaxxon and help him out with this experiment. We also get to see Zaxxon experiment on some cats. He makes like six or seven cats just to show Donald Blake that it can also work on living organisms. Next, on page nine, the stakes of the issue get more drastic. We see Zaxxon discover that Thor is, is, is here, and he puts it together that Donald Blake must be Thor. So Zaxton says, great, Scott, I'm seeing things. You, Blake, have transformed yourself into Thor. So at this point, Zaxton is the only mortal that knows that Donald Blake is also Thor. So Zaxton zaps him with the duplicator and interesting fact we learned about the duplicator machine right here is that when it duplicates a living being it inverts the personality of that other being of course we need a villain for thor to fight so good noble honorable thor is is duplicated into a evil version of himself so that kind of sets up the main physical conflict of the uh, the climax of this issue and also he duplicates Mjolnir, so this evil Thor now has two hammers. He wields two versions of Mjolnir, so he's double the trouble and he's double the evil of Thor. How could Zaxxon lose? I mean, this is the end of Thor. Didn't you know this, listener, that in Journey into Mystery 95, this is the end of Thor. We never see Thor ever, ever again. Of course, Thor jumps into action. None of that's going to happen on his watch. He, he goes after the duplicate Thor, and he actually is able to stun the evil copy of him for just a little bit on page 10, but then we, we jump over to page 11, and we see this kind of cool sequence. I'm actually going to, for those of you watching on video, I'm going to zoom in on this, but multiple uh, airplanes are shown because Zaxton he he duplicates all these airplanes to keep Thor away from the duplicate as he, our Thor, the hero Thor, is chasing him down. All these planes are, are duplicated. There's a dozen airliners, he says. And he doesn't, he doesn't know exactly what to do. He flies around them. And then on page 12, we see a and I'll say this, we see an interesting climax to this issue, to Journey into Mystery 95. So Thor throws back both Mjolnir's at the, at the evil version of himself, and the evil version of Thor starts to fade away. We see 
Thor even thinking, ironically, from the start, I had nothing to fear from Zaxxon's duplicate. And now, as my own enchanted mallet strikes him, he's fading away into nothingness from whence he came. Because he can't, he can't sustain this evil duplicate any longer. And what happens next is Thor flies after Zaxxon and Zaxxon trips off of the bridge that he is standing on as he's surveying the, the fight that just took place. Zaxxon trips off of the off of the bridge and he says, no, in my nervousness, the machine slipped out of my hands and I must grab it before it falls over the parapet. Zaxxon falls and Thor even thinks to himself, down below, Zaxxon is tripping over the parapet. I must try to save him. So even this guy who's come after Thor, he's like, man, I got to go save this guy. And for the first time, that I can recall, we see we see Thor unable to save someone's life. Zaxxon falls to his death under the bridge, not before a duplicate of Zaxxon himself is made. And remember, Zaxxon is this evil professor. So when he makes a duplicate of himself, that duplicate is good. So Thor decides that... Uh, it is for the best. The world has rid itself of a cruel menace, and in his place stands a scientific genius who shall do good where the original only did bad. We see Thor go and save Jane, and then Thor returns to Asgard to you know, cease the reign that he had started earlier on in the issue. And he even says... Uh, Odin had even thought that Thor had forgotten Asgard. And... Thor says, forget, forget Asgard, never, my father, for now, for no matter what adventures may summon me to the world below, this is the land my heart calls home. So we get a little bit of a, a heartwarming display there by Thor at the end of the issue. So this issue, I, I thought was, I thought was pretty decent. It, it, it summed, it summed up some interesting questions like why is there an evil Thor and why does evil Thor wield two hammers? Um, I, I really, I liked the inventiveness of it. I think um, some of the, some of the little details were uh, maybe a little too easily explained away. Uh, maybe you didn't need the Android at the beginning um, to, to display Zaxxon's evil intentions. Maybe a little bit more with duplicate Thor might've been a little more higher stakes, but I'm critiquing a comic that's like 50 plus years old. So it was, it was, uh, it was definitely uh, good for its time, entertaining for its time. So that was Journey into Mystery 95. We go right into Journey into Mystery 96. On the big cover, we see Thor fighting a wizard. This has got to be good. Journey into Mystery 96 is entitled Defying the Magic of the Mad Merlin. So this issue came out in September 1963. Here's some things that were going on in September of 1963. The Pro Football Hall of Fame opens up in Canton, Ohio, and it has 17 original members. So that uh, that is beginning then. We're starting to enshrine people in uh, sports hall of fames. Uh, on the civil rights front, uh, the 16th Street Church bombing in Birmingham, Alabama took place. 
uh, it claimed the lives of four people and several were injured. That was a big milestone in the, uh, not a milestone in a positive way, but just a, 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 a thing to remember, a thing to recall, to uh, lament about the civil rights movement in the early 60s. Death, uh, people, I'm saying that so flippantly, but like uh, a famous individual who, who died that month was the Disney composer, Oliver Wallace. Uh, you may not know his name, off the top of your head, but some of the works that he he did were definitely um, classics. He worked on, he did the score for Peter Pan, for Cinderella, Lady and the Tramp, Dumbo, and Alice in Wonderland. So his work definitely still appreciated to these days. And I love the people that were born this month because they're all like people, maybe, maybe only I appreciate. Maybe it's only me. That's fine. Uh, but Former WWE wrestler Steve Blackman was born this month. Uh, those of you that maybe know professional wrestling, maybe remember Steve Blackman. Uh, I personally enjoyed him in the late 90s. The actor Tate Donovan was born this month. I know him mostly from the Hercules animated movie that Disney put out. He was the voice of Hercules. Uh, or honey, you mean Hercules? Uh, he was he was the voice of Hercules. Also, he did a stint on Friends that was awesome. I'm sure he's done other things. But those are the two that I have uh, that I remembered him from. Baseball players that were born this month. Uh, outfielder Cecil Fielder was born this month, and Hall of Famer Randy Johnson was born this month. I still the thing I remember about Randy Johnson, if by chance you are a baseball fan, is when Randy Johnson threw a pitch that was so fast that uh, as it was getting to the plate, a bird flew across home plate and he obliterated this bird with like a 95 mile an hour fastball. It was like the craziest thing I, I think I've ever seen in sports. So Randy Johnson, Hall of Fame pitcher, born in September of 1963. First appearances in this issue, we get a very important first appearance, Mad Merlin. So he shows up in future iterations uh, of, of really all sorts of comics. And despite being called Merlin in this issue, he's not really the legendary wizard from Arthur's court. He is instead a mutated human. He, he explains that in the issue actually. And he is known under a different name, uh, most notably Mahayogi is a name that appears with him pretty prominently later on in comics. This, also, this issue also includes a famous last appearance. So we're only about 12 issues into Thor's run, but this issue features the last appearance of John F. Kennedy in the Marvel continuity at the time. So we're in September of 1963. John F. Kennedy would be assassinated and he would be killed in November. So two months from now, uh, John F. Kennedy uh, is killed. And it's the last time that he's mentioned in the Marvel Universe um, in the current continuity at the time. And Marvel even at the time did not really uh, refer to his assassination. It was something that um, for whatever reason they did not include in their publications as a, as a main thought or even as a memoriam thing, but he does appear in this issue. 
the plot of this issue of Journey into Mystery 96 was done by Stan Lee. It was written by Robert Bernstein and the art was done by Joe Sennett, the same creative team that we get on the last issue. So on our first page, we see a sarcophagus being lowered out of a boat. And we learn from the context of the, the, the shipyard people that Merlin, uh, who they who they assume is from King Arthur's court is uh, being brought to the museum. Thor is looking very sneaky, and he's he's lurking around. I don't know why he's hiding from people, um, but he uh, he's going to investigate. We see we see on this opening page, this uh, page two, uh, some dialogue between Jane and Donald Blake. Um, Jane has kind of had enough of Donald Blake uh, flying away. Uh, well, she doesn't know he's flying away, but but really getting away from his patients and, and being sequestered in his laboratory for, for hours on end. And she just, she's had enough with him. Of course, Donald Blake can't tell her why he's gone so often. And, and here we get a, re, uh, a, a retelling. Donald Blake tells us why he was gone and why he missed uh, why he missed his patients for an hour or two. He was saving a busload of people from the bottom of the river. And we see Thor, uh, really a cool little shot here. He's wrapping a steel cable underneath a bus. And then he, he we see on the next page, he wraps it to Mjolnir and then he hurls the hammer through the water and it goes all the way back to the east side bus terminal and it lands and we go back to Donald Blake and uh, Jane in the office after this explanation of why Donald Blake had been gone. She gives him a little bit of a speech about responsibility. And what I've noticed about early, early Marvel comics, especially Stan Lee, Jack Kirby era comics is responsibility and doing the right thing is a theme that we see a lot uh, in Spider-Man, Captain America, uh, especially in Thor, that heroes do the right thing. They do what the responsible thing, the honorable thing. So I find it interesting here that just because Jane doesn't know that Donald Blake is Thor, Jane gives him a speech about responsibility and uh, Donald Blake even says, poor Jane, if she only knew. On the next page, page five, we get to see the sarcophagus open and Merlin the Mad comes out. And they almost wonder like, why is he so, why is he so perfected? Like he's, he looks like he died just yesterday. How could this be? And Merlin jumps out of the sarcophagus after everyone is gone. And he says, they're gone. My master plan is working perfectly. They think I'm dead, but I never died. Never. So we learn on the next page that Merlin is a genius trickster. He's not truly the wizard that maybe we know from popular uh, English myth, but he was using tricks and uh, illusions and his powers of telepathy, his powers of, of illusion to, we'll say trick King, King Arthur and his court to gain standing with them. Also, I just, I just gotta say, look at look at the mug on this guy he is uh he is 
for lack of a better word, he's just an ugly dude. He's all, you know, all squinty eyed and he's very hunched over. He's got a long kind of witch like nose, not a, a face really only, only a wizard's mother could like on page seven, we see him. uh, He says he's going to, he's going to go and he's going to try to get the attention of the president, the president at the time, John F. Kennedy. And the best way to do that is to go to a missile launch site and try and uh, mess with the testing of this new rocket. Also, I just want to show you this, this little panel here. My goodness, that is some up close and personal uh, drawing of someone's, uh, someone's eyeball. That is, that is menacing. So, we get uh, close-ups of, of Merlin. He is skulking around and messing with this rocket test. And Donald Blake sees it from his office. He sees what's going on. He sees that the rocket is off course and determines that he's going to turn into Thor and he's going to go. He's going to go fix the situation for the U.S. Army who is doing the test. As Thor is flying away on this test he thinks to himself this kind of magic this feels a lot like my brother it feels a lot like my brother loki so he what i love about this is he has the time to fly all the way to asgard after he's after he's fixed the situation with the rocket he flies all the way to asgard loki is there chained up uh, along on the wall where we left him and he says uh you've waited loki says you've wasted your time thor this time i'm not guilty he's like most of the time i am but this time i am not guilty and uh he explains loki explains who who merlin is he explains that he's a thousand year old trickster like himself and that he is very powerful thor flying away from loki says great odin if merlin's alive i've got my work cut out for me with his fantastic powers, he could be a terrible menace to the earth. So Thor flies back to Midgard, and then we jump back in with Merlin. He goes to a uh, he goes to Washington D.C. He goes to a Washington D.C. Police Department. He demands to he demands that you know these police officers get him an audience with the with the president the the ruler of this land this president john f kennedy that they, he's heard about the police officers kind of you know they they call him a crackpot they they don't take him seriously he claims to be merlin and they're like oh the guy that they uncovered from the sarcophagus the other day and he's like yes the one in the same do not challenge my powers he tells them and then on the next page we get to see Merlin go a little next level crazy. On page nine, he breaks into the White House. So there's an interesting panel here that uh, really, I, I don't know, it just it, like, is crazy. In my 2021 brain, I just know this would never happen today. So this guy, th- th- this crazy wizard, you know, dressed like a wizard, all you know, big eyed, crazy eyed guy, walks into the White House speaks to a security officer and the security officer goes to takes Merlin to the press secretary. He says, excuse me, Mr. Secretary, but this screwball just turned up, says he's Merlin and he wants to see the president. Uh, 
okay. And the press secretary says, first, nobody can see the president without an appointment. So if Merlin had an appointment, this wouldn't be a problem. Is that what you're saying to me, Mr. Secretary? Second of all, the president has enough problems being without being bothered by crackpots. That will be all, officer. So very casual conversation. You know, it sounds like the beginning of a joke. Like the wizard walks into the White House and you do you do what? You just be like, mm, you don't have an appointment. Make an appointment and maybe we can talk about it later. So Merlin gets gets mad and he he goes on a he goes on a little bit of a rampage in the White House looking for this president that everyone's been talking about. And I'll zoom, I'll zoom in on this for those of you who are watching on video. We get to see the the drawing, the rendering of John F. Kennedy. And Merlin says to himself, mm, this guy looks too young to be a ruler. I wonder if that's a little bit of Stanley. Uh, commentary there, or, or I don't know. It seems like an interesting inclusion. Um, he looks far too young. I'll have to keep searching further till I find this president they talk about. Apparently, John F. Kennedy is way too young to be the president. I still think at this point, he is the youngest president that we've had in the United States. So Thor is on the pursuit of Merlin. He, he crashes through a window in the White House and he starts to fight Merlin. Their fight takes them on page 10 out to the National Mall and the Washington Monument where Merlin decides to use the Washington Monument, the giant obelisk spear looking thing uh, that, that we, all, we all know. We all pretty have a, a good little picture of that in our, in our brains. He uses it as a javelin. He, he telekinetically moves it, uses it as a javelin to throw at Thor. Thor, in a very, very quick, uh, quick shift of his tactics, he wraps Mjolnir around the tip of the obelisk, and he is able to uh, send it back to its original resting spot very calmly. And Merlin's like, okay, I got to think of something different. And then we see Merlin try to drop. Uh, let me let me let me get my bearing, bearings for this. He tries to drop the Pentagon on Thor. He lifts up the Pentagon building and he tries to drop it on Thor. And Thor, very shrewdly, he he digs, he digs a small trench with Mjolnir and he puts himself in the trench and he's able to avoid being crushed by the Pentagon. On page 12, on page 12, it gets even crazier. He's tried to throw the Washington monu Monument at him. He's tried to crush him with the Pentagon. And now he brings the Abe Lincoln, Lincoln Memorial statue to life. And he makes it this giant, like this giant, uh, almost like stone, uh, living stone statue. And the way that Thor is able to put the statue back down is he whirls the hammer and he kind of just gently blows it back he blows it back to sit back in his chair and then uh we we see donald blake become the hero of the story so thor has done all these great things but donald blake is the one that finally gets the 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 heroic moment at the end so thor in the heat of battle he turns back into donald blake and as don blake he convinces Merlin that he's this shapeshifter, this powerful uh, being that can become thousands of different, you know, uh, 
characters and he can change his, his look thousands of different ways. And Merlin is tricked uh, because he thinks, oh my gosh, this, this person is truly powerful. I don't, I, I better listen to him. And Don Blake says that, uh, he says, Merlin, I'll let you live, but only on one condition. You do exactly as I say. Merlin's like, oh, of course, of course, you're so powerful. I, I must take you at your word. Don Blake says, return to your crypt and and cast another spell or whatever it was that enabled you to sleep for centuries. The stone lid will be sealed over your body and you will sleep for another thousand years. So really the way that Don Blake and Thor defeat him is by putting it back to the way it was the beginning of this issue. Merlin agrees and they, they, they claim, he claims to, to not do harm to anybody ever again. We come back to the last panel where Jane says, I must admit that if you do lose a few patients at the office, you lose no one at the operating table. As a surgeon, Dr. Blake, you are a magician. Huh? Huh? And Don Blake says, thanks. Uh, and his last little thought bubble says, you don't know it, honey, but there's more truth than fiction in what you said. So get a little moment from them at the end of this issue. I will say about Merlin, it was kind of a nice twist on Merlin. Uh, usually you see Merlin as kind of the, the uh, supporting uh, teacher role in the Arthur Arthurian legends. It was kind of cool to see him as a modern foil to Thor as a villain. I will say it is a weird choice, like wizards, uh, wizards in Washington, D.C., that almost uh, it almost sounds like a kid's book. So uh, we saw we saw duplicate uh, duplicates of Thor, evil evil versions of Thor. We saw wizards on the Washington Mall amongst the Washington monuments. This was a crazy episode of Throwback Thursday. I hope you enjoyed these issues. If you get a chance, go read them. If you don't have Marvel Unlimited, my goodness, get Marvel Unlimited. Like. Marvel isn't even close to like sponsoring this show, but I just got to say like spending the money to buy a subscription to Marvel Unlimited is a no brainer to me. You get thousands and thousands of comics from all the way back to the golden age of comics in the 40s and 50s, all the way up to like a few months ago. You just have to wait a few months to get brand new comics. So there's my cheap little, you know, not paid uh, plug for Marvel Unlimited. That's how I'm able to bring these comics to you guys on the video, if you're able to watch the video. If not, I hope you still enjoyed the audio version of this. Thank you for joining me to break down these comics. Well, that does it for this edition of Throwback Thursday. I hope you enjoyed looking into these wacky adventures of, of doppelgangers and wizards coming back to life. It was kind of a, of a nuts week here on Throwback Thursday, but I hope you enjoyed it, this continuing adventure that we have through the history of Thor exploring his world, his adventures, and just really the foundation of this character. We're still in the first, you know, just handful of issues. So we got a lot of ways to go, but I hope you're on the Rainbow Bridge journey with us through this look at Thor's history, 
That all being said, some great ways you can support us as we continue this journey is by going to Instagram, following us at Across the Bifrost, and then going to iTunes, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast just so more people can jump aboard this journey with us. We want as many people as possible to be loving this Thor-themed content, this Thor-focused adventure we're all on. So if you do those two things, we'd really appreciate it. In a few weeks, a reminder from the beginning of the issue, in a few weeks, we are going to have our low-key roundtable discussion, and we want you to be a part of it. We want you and your voice to be heard on that episode. So go to the link in this episode where it says leave a voice message. If you leave a voice message, we're going to put it on the show. You can be a part of that episode of Across the Bifrost where we're going to break down the entire season of Loki with the reviewers that we've had come on the show and talk about individual episodes. We're going to bring them all back on in a big panel discussion. It's going to be a lot of fun. That is an episode that I'm really, really, really looking forward to. And we also want you to be a part of it. So don't forget, Go to the description, click that link, leave your voice message. We want to hear what you have to say about Loki. That is all for the show today, everybody. Be sure to join us on Monday, part two of Mackenzie Lee's interview. That is just so much fun. The interview, if you liked part one, the interview at part two gets even better. So you want to listen to that. It's going to be awesome. Have a great rest of your day. We're so excited that you joined us on the Rainbow Bridge today. And don't forget, friends, stay worthy.